Bienvenidos to La Raza Chronicles. Welcome to Crónicas de la Raza. Today's program features noticias with news from the Americas. We'll also feature a commentary about Pope Francis by Nina Serrano. We'll hear a conversation with the Acción Latina and El Tecolote staff about the 45th year anniversary activities of the bilingual community newspaper. And last but not least, we'll hear an interview with the Colombian music group Bomba Estéreo and their energizing live music recorded at our KPFA studios y mucho más. All this and more, but first, we begin with the news. Stay tuned. This is Vilma V with Noticias Sin Fronteras, news headlines without borders from America Latina for the week ending July 12th. Colombia. The Colombian government and the FARC issued a joint statement over the weekend, finally agreeing to a mutual ceasefire. The statement was released by international mediators working with the parties in Havana, Cuba, where the talks began approximately three years ago. The government and the FARC said that they would try to come up with a permanent bilateral ceasefire in the near future. The FARC had announced a unilateral ceasefire that was said to begin on July 20th. This new agreement is significant because previous FARC ceasefires were not reciprocated by the Colombian military. The talks in Havana are aimed at ending Latin America's longest armed conflict. El Papa. The Pope ended his three-country tour of Latin America in Paraguay where hundreds of thousands of people witnessed Mass last Sunday in Asuncion. Thousands of people traveled from nearby Argentina to attend the Pope's final Mass, including Argentine's President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner. The Pope urged Catholics to, quote, welcome the hungry, the stranger, the naked, the sick, the prisoner, the leper, and the disabled. Welcome those who don't think like us, those who don't have faith or have lost their faith. While visiting Bolivia, the Pope publicly apologized for the role played by the Roman Catholic Church in the brutal colonization of most of Latin America by the Spanish. He also visited the Palmasola prison in Bolivia. Bolivian President Evo Morales gifted the Pope with a crucifix affixed to a wooden hammer and sickle, a symbol of communism handmade by a Jesuit priest several decades ago. Guatemala the former Guatemalan general Rios Montt, who brutally ruled the country in the 1980s, was found to be mentally incompetent to stand trial in Guatemala. Rios Montt had been found guilty of war crimes and genocide two years ago and had been sentenced to 80 years in prison. However, Guatemalan's high court threw out the charges on procedural grounds and ordered a retrial. The new trial was set for this July, but doctors have determined that the former general was not able to understand the charges against him and therefore unfit to stand trial. It remains unclear as to what the Guatemalan government will do given the medical examiner's report. Mexico. A number of big headlines out of Mexico this week. The Mexican drug lord and head of the Sinaloa cartel escaped from the maximum security prison holding him this past Saturday night. This was the second time that Joaquin Guzman, known as El Chapo, managed to break out from a Mexican prison. He did so before in 2001. The news of El Chapo's escape came as Mexican President Enrique Peña Nieto was en route to France for a four-day state visit. He called the incident, quote, a very unfortunate event. The Committee to Protect Journalists announced that three journalists were murdered in one week earlier this month in Mexico. Geraldo Nieto Alvarez, editor of the local newspaper El Tabaño, was found dead on June 26. Days later, Juan Mendoza Delgado, crime reporter for the website Escribiendo la Verdad, was found dead in Veracruz on July 1st after having gone missing for several days. And then on July 2nd, Filadelfo Sanchez Sarmiento was murdered by gunmen waiting outside his radio station, 103.3 La Voz de la Sierra Sur, after completing his morning news show. He had reportedly received several telephone death threats. And finally, the volcano known in Mexico as the Volcano of Fire, located in the western state of Colima, along the central Pacific coast, began erupting last Thursday. 
hundreds of people have been evacuated from villages in the area and the local airport was closed. The village at the foot of the mountain, known as Yerba Buena, was reportedly covered with over two inches of ash and rain was making conditions worse. Cuando ya mi cuerpo esté junto a la tumba Lo único que pido como despedido This has been a summary of some of the latest news headlines from America Latina. I'm Vilma V for Noticias Sin Fronteras and La Raza Chronicles. If you have a news item or feedback that you would like to share, email us at larazachronicles at kpfa.org. This is Nina Serrano for La Raza Chronicles on July 14, 2015, with a short commentary. As a child in the early 1940s, I believed that the Pope was the husband of all the nuns. He was the one they claimed prohibited us girls from wearing shorts in summer, or pants at all, or climbing ropes or trees. In the 1980s, the Pope at that time put the lid on liberation theology by curtailing Nicaragua's National Poet Laureate Ernesto Cardenal, who served in the revolutionary government as Minister of Culture. Cardenal was widely photographed bending his knee to his holiness and struggling to hold his flaming tongue. Then, in this 21st century, Pope Benedict hushed-hushed the scandals about the abuses of the pedophile priests. And on his visit to Africa, he discouraged people from using condoms in the face of the AIDS epidemic. The new pope, Francis of Argentina, defends the planet and the environment, liaisoning to achieve the freedom of the Cuban Five, damning capitalism and the policies of greed that oppress the poor. This week, I saw on Facebook that Cuban Prime Minister Fidel Castro had said in 1973, quote, the U.S. will want to enter into dialogue with us when they have a black president and the world has a Latin American pope. And now it has come to pass. On July 20th, the Republic of Cuba opens its embassy in Washington, D.C. after 50 years, and on September 19th, Pope Francis will visit Cuba. A new day has come to pass. This is Nina Serrano for La Raza Chronicles. I have on the phone line two of the most long-term get-it-done women in the San Francisco Latino community, Eva Martinez and Georgiana Hernandez of Acción Latina's El Tecolote, the bilingual newspaper about to celebrate its 45th anniversary. Welcome, Eva and Georgiana to La Raza Chronicles. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nina. Well, let's talk one by one. I think I'll start with Georgiana because I want to talk about the history of El Tecolote and the upcoming celebration for the 45th anniversary. Sure. Well, you know, we are about to celebrate our 45th anniversary on August 24th, and it was on August 24th, 
45 years ago. The first publication of El Tecolote came out, and it's kind of amazing that we've been around now 45 years. I've been involved probably about 35 years. I first started volunteering when I was in my early 20s and started helping out with proofreading and that kind of thing, and now I've been on and off the board of directors of Acción Latina. And actually, when we first started at Tecolote, we did not have a nonprofit corporation. And some people get a little confused between Acción Latina and El Tecolote. In 1987, we incorporated as a nonprofit organization and took the name Acción Latina. Acción Latina is the publisher of El Tecolote, and we are so proud to be the publisher. We've had thousands of people in our 45-year history volunteer with the newspaper. We continue to be pretty much a community driven initiative. We have um, just a very small paid staff and almost all of our writers and photographers and translators are volunteers and we're always looking for new volunteers, new writers. So if people are interested, they should definitely be in touch with us. Can you describe to us the early days at El Tecolote, what it was like to put out the first bilingual newspaper in the Bay Area? <laughs> Well, that um, makes all of us chuckle when we think back to those days. When I first got involved in the early 80s, and again, the newspaper had already been, you know, being published for 10 years, but when I first got involved, we were still pasting up. We would have sheets, and we would have to paste in. We would do typesetting and then lay out the paper. And when I first met Juan Fuentes, the famous Chicano artist, Latino artist here in the Bay Area, he, he did a lot of the production and the the design, and we would be there until late at night, and at that time we were just a monthly, but it would mean, you know, pasting in corrections, every correction, every time that we would find an error. When we were proofreading, we would have to retypeset that word or the sentence and then paste in those corrections so people can barely believe that. But that is how we did it, and at the last minute, we would get things translated, and I mean, it's still always a push. We now come out every two weeks, so we're coming out more often, but it's still a push. You know, when you're working primarily with a volunteer pool of people, it's just a lot of work every time to get the newspaper out, and so I can't even say enough how proud I am, and I think many of us are who have been involved with the newspaper over the years, that we're still going. I think of us as the little engine that could, that just keeps going and going and going, despite the odds. And how many copies of the paper are put out bi-weekly? We distribute 10,000 copies of the newspaper primarily in San Francisco, but as the demographics have changed, as Latinos have moved out of the Mission District and out of San Francisco, we've tried to make sure that we get the distribution to other sites in the Bay Area. We do have drop-off points in the East Bay and the Fruitvale area. We distribute some in Richmond also and some in Daly Cities. But, you know, again, that's somebody out there distributing 10,000 copies bundle by bundle. I mean, generally we leave 25 copies to 50 copies at every one of our 350 distribution sites. So it's a, it's a huge labor of love, honestly. Well, it shows. It's a beautiful newspaper, and it's played such an important role in the Latino community. And can you tell us something about the 45th anniversary celebrations that you're planning? Well, we're actually going to have a couple of celebrations, and normally we would probably have a celebration here right around August in our offices on 24th Street, but we are going to be having some renovation done. We're putting in a storefront gallery. Is that an art gallery? An art gallery, yes, indeed. But the first celebration will be probably September 19th at the San Francisco Public Library, and we'll be sure to put out a lot of press about that. But we're partnering with San Francisco Public Library to host a series of scholar-led discussions and celebratory events related to the Latino press and radio, the history of the Latino press and radio in the United States. So the first kickoff event really is to celebrate the 45-year anniversary of El Tecolote and to sort of launch the, the year-long project that we're doing with the San Francisco Public Library that's funded by the National Endowment for the Humanities and the American Library Association. Well, this is all very exciting, especially when you place El Tecolote in the history of Latino publishing and media in the United States. I mean, it it puts El Tecolote right there next to Jose Marti, next to the Magón brothers, and it's a, a really 
wonderful thing to have reached a 45th anniversary. I wonder, Eva, if you're still on the line. Yes, I am. Hello, Eva, and welcome to La Raza Chronicles. Thank you. So I wondered if you would talk about the upcoming poetry anthology that's going to be published in honor of this 45th anniversary at El Tecolote. Okay, we're working with an amazing group of people, Francisco Alecon, Harold Terrazon, and of course you, Nina, and myself, to put out an anthology in celebration of El Tecolote's 45th anniversary. And what this is, is to celebrate the history of the Literario Rifista that used to come out in Tecolote. It was a quarterly literary, literary magazine that ran from 1980 to 1984. And I like to think that it was one of the few places that Latino writers could be published in and and have works critiqued, and we would talk about the Latino art scene. So that literary supplement played a very important role in the 1980s. And then we started a process actually in 2010, and that was at the time when the paper was turning 40. And I worked with you and Francisco then at that time and the amazing Alfonso Texidor, Estela de la Cruz, to produce a special issue of the paper in honor of the Literario. And it was filled with poetry, but I think maybe 50 or 60 poets and art from different people, but the cover was an amazing collection of art from Juan Fuentes, our local artist, who has also been a part of El Tecolote. So at that time in 2010, we had had the idea to put out a book, an anthology, but for many reasons that didn't happen at that time. And a few weeks ago, we came back together again with that mission to put out the anthology, which will be called Poetry in Flight, Poesia in Huelvo. We're making a call for poets to submit. We have quite a few that have submitted already, plus we will be uh, utilizing the works of the people that were in the special literary supplement in 2010. Could you give us the deadline for people to submit their poetry and also the address they could send it to? Yes. The deadline is July 27th, that's a Monday, and the uh, email is, I'll spell it, V-U-E-L-O-P-O-E-S-I-A at gmail.com. And we're asking people to limit their submissions to, I think it's three poems or four pages, whichever is the max. They could submit it in English, Spanish, or bilingual. I'd just like to add on the bilingual that, for me, working with El Tecolote, I've always been impressed that the paper has been able to come out and consistently come out bilingually. I think we, even ourselves here, kind of take that a little bit for granted, but... It is an amazing fact when you think that a lot of small community newspapers, you know, they're struggling. Some have fallen to the side, and those are just in one language. But when you think that since its beginning, El Tecolote has been bilingual because we value the language, we wanted to reach the broadest sector of people, I'm just always amazed by that. And the fact that we continue to put out a print edition, despite the fact that it costs money because we're committed to people in our community getting the, the news out to them when they may not have access to the Internet or consistent access to the Internet. And it's always very exciting to read El Tecolote because it's never a rehash of mainstream news. It's always on the cutting edge and it's always with the best interests of the Latino people in the Bay Area and in the world, in its heart and in the message. And I hope that listeners do send in their poetry. Could you give them that address again? Okay, it's vuelopoesia at gmail, V-U-E-L-O-P-O-E-S-I-A at gmail.com. And the deadline is Monday, July 27th at midnight. Well, thank you both very much. Thank you, Nina. Thank you. Oh, it's been a pleasure talking to Eva Martinez and Georgiana Hernandez of Acción Latina's El Tecolote, and I urge all listeners, all budding journalists and poets to contact them and translators because your work will go out in 10,000 copies. Thank you, Nina. Thank you. And congratulations, felicidades on the 45th anniversary. Gracias.
Bomba Estéreo comes out of Colombia. Their music and performances are infectious and energizing. Bomba Estéreo members Liliana Samume and Simón Mejía sat down for an interview with Victoria Z, who's the host of KPFA's Off the Beaten Path, as well as Ritmo de las Américas. Bomba Estéreo recorded a live performance at KPFA studio on April 1st, 2013. Up next, we bring you Victoria Z's interview. You're listening to KPFA 94.1. We are here with Bomba Estéreo. We are here with Lee Summit and Simon Mejia. Liliana is the vocalist for Bomba Estéreo, and Simon is, you're the bass player. Thank you for coming in. I know you guys are in the middle of a tour, so I appreciate you guys taking the time and talking to us. We're going to do this interview in Spanglish for those of you who are intimately familiar and expert speakers of Spanglish. You will do well. For the rest of you, it might be a little bit of a challenge, but um, we're going to ask the questions in English, and if I need to translate, I will translate in case we have some listeners who are not familiar with your music, how would you describe the music of Bomba Estéreo? ¿Cómo describes la música de Bomba Estéreo? Well, uh, Bomba Estéreo is basically a musical experiment that was born in Colombia, and it uh, works around the mixture between the Colombian folk rhythms and all the traditional music from, from our country with uh, electronic beats and a little bit of, of rock music also, and many influences no? that, that are basically the music that we grew up listening to. But the main essence is reinterpretation of the the folk rhythms and traditional music from Colombia. When you talk about the folk rhythms and the traditional rhythms, are you talking about uh, cumbia, champeta, or, or particular other traditions? Or uh, the, the traditional music in Colombia is a huge universe. Cumbia is like the most outstanding and most known music from this place, but it's very extensive. But in the in the case of Bomba Stereo, we have worked mainly with cumbia and uh, with champeta also, bujerengue. Um, now, in the last, in this new album, we're working with a couple of more uh, rhythm patterns. I was listening to one of the songs yesterday, and, and I was listening to the guitar, and it just felt really African. I think it was maybe Sentido or Sintiendo, gracias. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is so African. I wonder if this is some in some way the champeta influence or or another folkloric tradition within, within uh, Colombia. So it's a really interesting album. It was, I had a good time listening to it. So, Simon, you're from Bogota, and Lee, you are from Santa Marta on the coast. These are two really different places. You know, Bogota is more urban. I'm assuming Santa Marta is a smaller town. So, uh, Simon, for you, what type of music were you listening to as a kid, or you know, what were you exposed to at home, and then as growing up on your own? I know you performed in other bands before Bomba Estéreo. Uh, yeah, we were uh, basically uh, rock music. When I was a little, very little kid, and my father was used to, he liked a lot of salsa. He had like this huge, funny collection, so I have ha had a little connection with that. Uh, but when I started consciously to hear, to listen to music, was mainly ro rock music like uh, North American bands and everything. Uh, hard, hard rock, heavy metal, and all, all the stuff that was happening in the 90s, uh, grunge music. Then in the late 90s, electronic music came very strong, so I got into that. Were you familiar with um, Aterciopelados? I mean, they were they were hard rock, and then in some ways they did some electronic music, like with Caribe Atomico. Also, there was Sidestepper as well. Did any of was that any part of the influence for you, or? Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, we we kind of grew up li listening to, especially at Pelado, no? Sidestepper came a little bit later, but there were projects and bands that were very influential to what's happening today in Colombia, no? And also, they were like the first ones to to make uh, like a real Colombian. In the case of Atrecepelados, was like a real Colombian rock music. And the case of Sidestepper was the first time uh, someone took like traditional and salsa and tropical music and mix it with electronics. Because we had that same example previously, but it was not with electronics. It was more like with rock music, like Carlos Vives and all that. But the first like project that did it with electronic music was 
but Sidestepper so it was definite to our influence and our musical growth. Y Liliana, para ti escuché mucha cumbia, digamos que mucha música folclórica en, en la costa es muy típico celebrar tipo fiestas como carnavales o bailes en la calle con la música típica de, de la región que es pues la cumbia y bueno mucha 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 música folclórica luego en los 80 mucho rap también y luego música electrónica eh, pero también sobre todo lo que más influenció a la música y, y, y a esta a este proyecto como un estéreo para mí fue digamos que la niña Emilia y el yo arroyo el yo arroyo es un cantante colombiano uh -huh. que ya falleció eh, que mezclaba mucho diferentes ritmos y diferentes melodías. Es muy interesante su trabajo y creo que, que fue lo que, más, que es lo que más me ha influenciado como colombiano. Y la niña Emilia también, su manera de cantar, digamos, como, como un estilo, como que, que ella innovaba un poco así fuera alguien como tradicional. Eh, y bueno, de restos y cosas de, de diferentes partes del mundo, como el rap uh -huh. en Estados Unidos y cosas así. Sí, tienes una presencia... En el escenario, este, muy interesante. Tienes, it's not really often, like, the, I've seen a lot of bands perform, but not a lot of, not everybody has good stage presence. And when you come on stage, you bring a really great energy. You have this r wonderful energy. You just, and a great presence. You know, you just, like, you bring, you know, you help bring the whole, I feel like you help bring the band all together and bring the music and elevate it to a certain extent with your energy and the way you sing the way you sing it's partly it's like you're singing but you're also rapping so it's really yeah. interesting to hear you talk about your influences like hip-hop and so I'm assuming that La Niña Emilia also played a part in your singing style right yeah yeah so it's, it's very interesting you really you have just a really great great energy that you bring to the stage it's always so much fun to see you guys play like I always really enjoy it thank you thank you, you. <laughs> <laughs> Así 
el alma y el cuerpo sangre tirviendo just heard a special acoustic version of Alma y Cuerpo performed by Bomba Estéreo from their album Elegancia Tropical. It was recorded in the KPFA Performance Studio. We now return to Victoria C., host of Off the Beaten Path and Ritmo de las Américas, talking to Liliana Saumet of Bomba Estéreo. Entonces, este, te ha cambiado, les ha cambiado mucho este, andar de gira por cuatro años y en qué, qué manera te ha, crees que te ha cambiado a ti? Sí, eh, porque es que este ha sido un proceso de, 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 de hace tiempo, ¿no? Digamos que este disco es nuevo, pero las canciones son... son hay unas que, que llevan más de un año, más, otras dos años, y otras que sí son muy nuevas. Entonces, todo ese proceso hasta lograr sacar el disco. Pero nos ha cambiado, yo creo que de una manera... A veces uno no se da cuenta en este, en este punto. Como que ya uno se acostumbró y no lo piensa, pero yo a veces recordando como, como esos momentos en los que pensamos o cosas que, 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 que suceden a otras bandas, como que recuerdo lo que nos sucedió en esos momentos y, 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 y sí, ha cambiado mucho la cotidianidad, digamos que, que de nuestra vida, nuestra rutina, eh, dejar como sacar un espacio de nuestras vidas para la banda, para dedicársela a la banda, porque ha sido un, un, un camino de, de andar. Ha sido como, como eso sobre todo, ¿no? Como, como que tu vida se convierte en, en una vida más de ruta y en una vida más de, de adaptarte a situaciones y a países y a culturas y a diferentes personas y como a espacios, ¿no? Yo creo que uno va... Al principio era muy difícil y ya se va acostumbrando al final, pero sí, sin embargo, la vida cambia mucho. Hay otras cosas que quieren, les quieren contar al Radio Escucha, este, ¿dónde los pueden seguir? ¿Tienen website o Facebook page? ¿Dónde puede ir la gente a... a averiguar más sobre Bomba Estéreo? Uh, well, bueno, basically you can find uh, Bomba Estéreo in the web. <laughs> uh, you go to Bomba Estéreo, Estéreo is with E, it's in Spanish, no? Bomba Estéreo, yeah. Dot com, and there you have like all the the launch for uh, for the Facebook, the Twitter, the YouTube and everything. And the, the music you can find in, in iTunes. Thank you so much for your time. I, I know uh, touring is tough, so thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you. Thank you.
just heard an interview by Victoria Z, host of Off the Beaten Path and Ritmo de las Americas. She spoke to Bomba Estéreo here at KPFA in our studios. And now we'll share with you some tracks off their latest CD, Amanecer. And you can see them live next Monday and Tuesday at Oakland's new parish. Don't sleep. You can catch them, Bang Data, DJ Stepwise, and El Cool Kyle all in one. Enjoy.
papi, esta noche vengo por ti, sí. Touch me, ta 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 touch me, make me feel good, me 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 make me feel. Quiérame como te quiero a ti, and take me in the table como me gusta a mí. Touch me, ta 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 touch me, make me feel good, me 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 make me feel. Quiérame como te quiero a ti, and take me in the table como me gusta a mí. Coming up next, more great music from the Colombian band Bomba Estéreo off of their latest album called Amanecer.
that was music by the Colombian group Bomba Estéreo off of their latest album, Amanecer. So we've been spending this show focusing on the incredible music of Bomba Estéreo, who will be here next Monday and Tuesday playing shows at the New Parish. They'll also be playing with DJ Cool Kyle and also playing with DJ Stepwise, some of our Bay Area favorites. And last but definitely not least, they will play one of La Raza Chronicle's favorite bands, Bang Data. So we actually have a world premiere right here. We're going to play one of Bang Data's latest songs. And this song is called Caballo Viejo, and it's an original composition by the Venezuelan composer Simon Diaz. And this is just a preview of that song, but we wanted to give you all something to be excited about since they're probably going to play this song next Monday and Tuesday at the shows with Bombo Stereo at the New Parish. So this is Caballo Viejo by Bang Dada. Cuando el amor llega así de esta manera, uno no se da ni cuenta. El carro tal reverdece y guamachito florece y la soga se revienta. Cuando el amor llega así de esta manera, uno no se da ni cuenta. El carro tal reverdece y guamachito florece y la soga se revienta. Quita mi sed, caballo le dan sabana y se va por la mañana. Quererse no tiene horarios, ni fecha en el calendario.
Coming up next, La Raza Chronicles Community Calendar. La Raza Chronicles Cronicas de la Raza announces a very special event on Sunday, August 9th. The SF Jazz Center in San Francisco is proud to present a multimedia tribute honoring Puerto Rican icon and photojournalist Frank Espada. The evening will be an unforgettable concert experience commemorating the life work of this Puerto Rican activist and master photographer. The evening will feature the John Santos Sextet with Melicio Magdaluyo on saxes, Dr. John Calloway on flute and piano, Saul Sierra on bass, Marco Diaz on the piano and trumpet, David Flores on drums, and John Santos on percussion. The evening will also feature extra special guests, including wordsmith Rico Pavón, guitarist and vocalist José Roberto Hernández and Manuel Constancio, Afro-Puerto Rican dance master Shafali Shah, and vocalist poet Sandra Garcia Rivera. The evening to honor Frank Espada will take place on Sunday, August 9th at 2 p.m. at the SF Jazz Center, located at 201 Franklin Street at Fell Street in San Francisco. For more information, go to sfjazz.org or call 866-920-5294. Once again, that's the SF Jazz Center presenting a multimedia tribute honoring Puerto Rican icon and photojournalist Frank Espada on Sunday, August 9th at 2 p.m. at the SF Jazz Center in San Francisco. It will definitely be an unforgettable experience. Hope La Raza Chronicles listeners will get a chance to attend. You've been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza on KPFA 94.1 FM in Berkeley, community-powered radio. Tonight's program was produced by Julieta Kuznir, Vanessa Bohm, Vilma V, and Nina Serrano. If you'd like to hear this program again or share it with others, just search for La Raza Chronicles on SoundCloud.com. And as always, don't forget to like us on Facebook, for regular updates on Latino news, arts, and culture. Stay tuned next Tuesday at 7 p.m. for more of La Raza Chronicles. Hasta la próxima. Buenas noches.